The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. The key number was seven today for the Royals as they scored seven in the second inning and saw seven strong innings from Jeremy Guthrie. And together, those two things got it done this afternoon against the Twins as the Royals glide to a nice, easy victory. Welcome in. It's another edition of Clubhouse Conversation with Davo. It's your dish, and yeah, the Royals outlasted two rain delays today and the Twins by a nice score of 12-6. to The game wasn't even that close if you watched it. Once the top of the second arrived, it was all Royals. The Royals banged out 13 hits today, including three home runs. In fact, both teams had three home runs in this contest. So if you like the home run ball, you saw six. This was your day. Although, once again, the Twins never a part of this game once we got three to four hitters into that top of the second inning. And we're going to talk more about that here in a second. But let's look at the big picture here real quick for the Royals. That's 20 wins in 25 games. This is definitely a streak that Royals Nation is going to remember for quite some time. 20 out of 25, much of that against some very difficult competition, some very good starting pitching, most notably, of course, going back to the A's and the Giants. But the other thing about this 20 out of 25 is it shows no signs of letting up anytime soon. The Royals' overwhelming favorites tomorrow. We'll talk about that a bit later. Then you go into some bottom feeder teams, Colorado and Texas on the road against Colorado. You know, the Royals have their arguably two best pitchers going in James Shields and Danny Duffy. So you love the matchups there. And you go into Texas this weekend, a team that's just been so injury-plagued so far this year. So 20 out of 25 could easily become, you know, 24 out of 30 or something like that, which would be really, really special, obviously. The Royals hopefully can put their foot in the gas and continue to grow the one-and-a-half game lead that they currently have over the Tigers as the Tigers lose two out of three to the Mariners. And let's look at Detroit for this week since we're going to start scoreboard watching. The Tigers have a day off tomorrow, so if the Royals win that heavily favored game tomorrow, as they should, they will have a full two-game lead over the Tigers. And then Detroit has a tough three-game set at Tampa. So three at Tampa for Detroit. Hopefully the Rays could get at least two of those, but more likely Detroit wins two out of those three. But as long as the Rays get one, and then Detroit has four against these same Minnesota Twins up there at Target Field next weekend, including a doubleheader. The, the, uh, the Tigers actually have two more doubleheaders the remainder of the way, so hopefully they split both of those, and that automatically gives the Royals a game back right there with the difference in total games played. But let's talk about this one and the offense. How exciting was that? It just made the entire Royals dugout and, of course, Royals Nation relaxed after, let's be honest, a stressful first inning by Jeremy Guthrie. He allowed only one run in that first inning, which is pretty good considering they had a leadoff triple and then you know a couple more base runners. But to get out of that with just one run was big for Guthrie. Some balls were hit hard that were just foul. And to come right back out and score seven in that top of the second, you knock your longtime nemesis, Tommy Malone, out of the game right away. And it got started on a great at-bat by Billy Butler. And once again, Billy Butler has completely defined logic in the last month and completely turned his season around. What exactly happened to Billy Butler? How could he be so bad and now so good? It's ridiculous how good he is right now. And this is a nice long stretch. The longer this gets, I mean, uh, you would think a streak would be ending any day now if it hadn't already. So obviously he's not going to continue this torrid pace. I'm not saying that. But you feel like Butler will be able to carry this through the rest of the season. I don't know. Maybe it is him playing first base. I, I still don't think that's an acceptable excuse for not 
hitting the ball when you've been a longtime DH and you're getting paid eight plus million dollars. So I'm not completely obviously going to give Butler a break on that. But I mean, maybe it is him playing first base every day, and he'll probably get three more weeks over there at first until Eric Hosmer makes it back. My guess around September 15th ish or so, which will be obviously create an interesting quandary at that point if Butler's still playing like this and if Willingham's still hitting like this, it'll make things interesting for the Royals and Faoki's still playing. It'll be a nice problem to have here in a few weeks. But yeah, Billy Butler, you know, that 3-2 at bat I thought was big. The Royals saw just nine pitches in the first inning and we talked last night about how in last night's game the Royals had a bad approach. Well, I mean, yes, give Phil Hughes lots of credit, but three different innings, the Royals saw seven pitches or less last night. That was not good, obviously. So to only have nine in that first inning and go one, two, three, you think to yourself, oh, gosh, and the Twins are up one nothing. Here we go again. But Billy Butler, a nice six-pitch at bat, digs out a ball, lines it up the middle, gets things going. Alex Gordon gets hit by a pitch. Josh Willingham spits on some pretty, pretty decent breaking balls, I thought, out of Malone to load the bases, and then Mike Moustakis tries to pull a ball low and away and pops out to shortstop slash third base slash shallow left field, which we seem to see ad nauseum in 2014. But then after that, the Royals went to town on Malone. Escobar, big single to score two up the middle. Gerard Dyson walks. Aoki drives him more with the single. Infante does not get credit for two runs batted in, although he would have had one. The infield was in. They weren't going to throw out Gerard Dyson on that play at the plate. Infante should have gotten one RBI by my estimation, but an error lets to two more runs, and then Salvador Perez and Butler single. By the time Gordon hits into a double play to end the inning, you have seven runs in. So that inning, the Royals singled on the death. Butler single, Escobar single, Aoki single, Perez single, Butler single. So did that without any extra base hits, but of course those came later on in the game. Is Josh Willingham? I want to talk about his first, you know, his home run first. That was the last of three that the Royals hit, but that ball still might be going. Good grief. Third deck. <laughs> When's the last time we saw a Royals hitter do that? It's been a while. Salvador Perez hit the second home run. Alex Gordon got things going. The Royals with three big home runs after the rain delay, which lasted about an hour. And let's segue away from that talking about Jeremy Guthrie because I found Jeremy Guthrie to have a very impressive game. It didn't start like that in the first inning. You thought, oh, no, oh, no, this isn't good. That first inning would give Jeremy Guthrie a lot of credit, not only for settling down after that first inning, but then how was he able to sit out basically an hour rain delay and come right back out and, and still go seven innings? I mean, what was he at, 98 pitches, I believe, for the game? He threw about the same that he would have thrown either way. He might have thrown eight. He might have gone one more inning if there wasn't a rain delay, I'm thinking, because they probably would have pushed him to 110, 115 with a day off coming up here on Thursday. So he may have the, the, the delay may have costed him one inning, but I thought when he came back out, he'd be lucky to go through the fifth. But Guthrie goes through seven, and he was really good today. Of course, you'd like to see only two or three runs allowed in seven innings, but seven innings, four runs, you know, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He was throwing strikes. He, he understood the score. I don't think he was trying to be pinpoint out there. He probably could have held them to two or three if he really, really wanted to. Wouldn't have been able to go the innings, and it wouldn't have been a strike, you know, a smart way to pitch. You don't want to be trying to hit corners and be fine. Just throw the ball, trust your stuff, throw strikes. you got a great defense, and the Twins aren't a very good offensive team. So seven innings, four runs, five hits. I thought the seven strikeouts showed a lot out of Jeremy Guthrie. Seven Ks and seven innings, only walked two. His ERA sits at 4-4-8. Still think he'll be in the 4-2, 4-2-5 region by the end of the season. 
just can't say enough about Jeremy Guthrie. Saving the bullpen again. You go in now to tomorrow with a completely rested Wade Davis and Greg Holland. That's two days in a row they've been off. So you figure maybe they get in two of the next three games and they have an off day on Thursday. So they ought to be able to get through Wednesday now, pitch two of the next three, and then be at full strength again next weekend by Texas. So that is good news. The Royals back into the bullpen. Herrera pitched today at one, two, three, ninth. Jason Frazier, his second consecutive rough outing, allowed a two-run home run. Another huge home run that he allowed to Arcia. But, I mean, he, he pitched he pitched a good game. You know, got got the job done, whatever. They had plenty of room for error. He was so good, was Frazier, his first few outings. But his last couple has been getting hit hard. Even the balls that were outs today were hit pretty damn hard against Frazier, including one to Gordon, one to Aoki. He did get one strikeout in there. But not going to worry too much about him, Jason Frazier. If, you, if, if Frazier is your fourth or fifth best reliever, which he is, you have just got an unbelievable bullpen. So, I don't know. One more thing, I want to give Josh Willingham a plug. He also had a double today to go along with his home run. Been good since coming over. It just looks like he's very lunch pale-ish out there. He gets his lunch pail, it goes to work, very blue-collar, gives you good at-bats, has a plan, seems to be able to lay off pitches. He's going to strike out some, of course, but he seems to be able to lay off a number of good pitches, pitchers pitches we've seen it. We saw it again today in a, in a key at-bat he had there in that second inning, spitting on a couple good pitches to go along with a home run and double. We've seen him walk a couple other times since coming over. I just like his at-bats. He's very matter-of-fact. I think he gets it. I think he doesn't quite feel like a total part of this team yet, which why would he? He's been here for, what, less than a week now. But within a week or two, I think he'll fit in perfectly, and I think he's going to be a great addition down the stretch. Give Dayton more credit. Because not only does he – even the days he's not producing, how much more legit does he make your lineup? Big time. Because Mike Moustakis in the 7 or 8 hole, is, or Lorenzo Cain in the 7 or 8 hole, Escobar in the 9. I mean, just look how strong that bottom, bottom third is for the Royals in that lineup especially now that you have Willingham. If you're hitting Moose 6 or Abanez or Kratz or whatever, it's not quite the same. Imagine when Hosmer comes back, what that lineup could be. You know, if they decide to try to try to play Willingham in right field some. I mean, imagine how good the lineup would be then. You'd have Kane hitting eighth. So my point being, he just legitimizes that lineup. I think he's a great guy to have on this team. I think he's trying to help. He wants to win. He wants to make the postseason for the first time, but he's not going to get in the way. There's no ego. He's going to play hard, give you good at-bats. And he just really legitimizes that lineup for the Royals. So while I was sad to see my good buddy Jason Adam traded for Josh Willingham, I know Adam is a huge diehard Royals fan. Of course, wants the Twins to do well now, but deep down wants to see the Royals make a playoff run. And I think he would love to know that, that he was able to indirectly you know, get the Royals in the playoffs from a guy like Josh Willingham coming over with the big bat. So just wanted to give him a little shout-out there. Of course, Escobar continues to play well. I gave him lots of credit. One guy has been struggling is Sal Perez, so good to see him get that home run today and hit a number of balls hard. Butler keeps carrying on. Gordon's been consistently solid recently. There's just I – like, I like Kane getting the day off today. Kane seems to be having approach issues right now. Either he's not picking up the ball for some reason or he just has no approach and he's swinging at everything. So I like seeing Kane get a day off today. Just not a lot – not really anything negative to say about this team right now. I mean, nothing. Give Nedios continued credit. Give Dayton Moore a lot of credit. A lot of people, myself included, I thought that, I thought it was a mistake on July 31st not making some sort of move, especially when the Royals could have gotten a guy like Cespedes. At that time, I thought that was a bad move, as I, as I told you here in club, on Clubhouse Conversation. But give Dayton Moore a lot of credit. Give Nedios a lot of credit. They're not getting credit, but they deserve it. I mean, every day the Royals continue to do this, and, and they make moves like bringing in you know, guys like Frazier and bringing in guys like Josh Willingham and sticking with these guys who are turning it around. Give them some credit. I mean, it takes balls. You know, pardon the French. 
with Dayton Moore and Ned Yost kind of in a way having their jobs. I wouldn't say Dayton really. or I think Dayton's pretty safe no matter what, and he was safe even when they were a couple games under 500. But Ned certainly had his job on the line, his back against the wall. Those guys remained steadfast, stuck with their guys, and they deserve a lot of credit. I mean, some of the reason the Royals are playing so well is the belief they continue to have the, the men in charge and these guys, and these guys love them. They love Ned Yost and Dayton Moore for that. They love They play hard for them, and they're producing now. They stuck it out. So give them credit. I don't. I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, it's because David Glass wouldn't add payroll. Doesn't matter. These are the guys they went into the season with. They stuck with them. They're getting the job done, and they're still adding pieces such as Frazier, Willingham, Kratz. You know, even bringing up Christian Colon's been a nice boost, et cetera, et cetera. I think they deserve a lot of credit. So anyway, tomorrow it's Jason Vargas against Trevor May, the right-hander. Huge Royals advantage tomorrow. Now I will say Trevor May's had a not a great. He's had a good year at Rochester. ERA wise is good. That doesn't tell the whole story, obviously. It was eight and six of the two eight four in triple A, ninety-eight innings and eighteen starts. So a guy that's going approximately five plus innings per start. Did walk thirty-nine in the ninety-eight, which isn't great. But struck out ninety-four. Two eight four in triple A. So having a very good year at Triple A, definitely. Trevor May, one of their top prospects, who they got in a trade a couple years back. The right-hander in two major league appearances, 0-1 with a 12-4-6, and then nine walks and four and a third. A guy that's, if the Royals have a good approach tomorrow, a good patient approach, a guy that's not going to go more than four or five innings. The Royals should be able to get a minimum of three to four runs off of him tomorrow at the minimum. The Twins' bullpen's got to be in shambles. I'm sure they're probably going to make a roster move before tomorrow. They used up, what, five, six relievers today, you know? So, and the Royals taxed him a little bit earlier in the series. So, I mean, they've been overused all season. So, I mean, the Royals can get him out after four or five innings, get three to four runs in off of May. With Vargas going, I just I just think the Royals are going to win this game tomorrow. It's it's baseball, so nothing's a certainty. But I would, if I was in Las Vegas and the line was decent tomorrow, I would be going pretty heavily on our Royals. Hopefully the, the rain holds off if there's a great chance of rain. Nobody wants to have to go back to Minnesota on an off day in September. That would just be a drag. You know, the travel for one game, not to mention you might not face a guy like Trevor May by then. You might be facing, you know, somebody like Malone or or somebody, you know, like Phil Hughes that next time. It could be bad luck. So let's hope the Royals get to play that game tomorrow. I love this matchup so much. Let's get the five innings in tomorrow night, get a win, and keep this train rolling, baby, as we head into Colorado. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great night, and go Royals.